Welcome to Rich in Life, a podcast for anyone looking to be entertained while picking up a few tips on life, luxury, and resilience. And now your host, Rich Irani. So today my guest is somebody you may recognize. He was on The Voice season 16, and he came out with a new single called Can We Go Back? Beautiful song. His name is Julian King. He comes from Philadelphia, a church family whose father is a cop. And he just happens to be gay. Let's listen to his journey. Here he is. Julian, thanks for coming on, Rich in Life. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm good. Just celebrated a birthday on Sunday, so I'm feeling good. Happy birthday. What number is it? 29. Oh, my God. You're so old. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love doing that to people. I don't like being the only depressed one on my birthday. (laughs) So I have to tell you, I've been watching your video on YouTube, and I'm now obsessed with it. The new single that you have out now, Can We Go Back? Mm -hmm. First of all, at first I was just listening to it because, you know, they introduced you as a guest for the podcast. Mm -hmm. And then I started getting obsessed with it. Your video also is very racy, I have to tell you. (laughs) I mean, I even blushed from it, which I want to get into later. I want to know if that was just an actor. Is it a boyfriend or did you cast him? We'll get into that later. But um, the song is great. You remind me a little bit also, and I don't know if you've heard this or maybe it's just the song of Brian McKnight. He has a song, Anytime, you've never heard. Well, the song, Anytime, Have You Ever Crossed My Mind, Anytime. It's a beautiful Uh, song. It's a beautiful ballad. That song kind of, you know, just is reminiscent of that to me. So it's funny. I went back and I I listened to that. And then I went back and listened to your song. It's a classic. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think your song is going to be a classic as well. Your single, which we're also going to get to. But I want to go back a little. So first of all, you were on The Voice season 16. How many years ago was that? That was three years. What made you try out for The Voice? Or did you try out for The Voice and American Idol and all the so, others? Yeah, when I was younger um, in high school, I was kind of like just trying out for things, but it never really worked out. Um, summer of 2017, I tried out for The Voice, didn't make it. So I was pretty much just like, you know what? Forget everything. I went to China for a year and was touring. And then when I got back, um, they ended up messaging me. We've been watching you over the past year. Uh, We'd love for you to come see us in New York. And I was like, uh, all right, whatever. And then I went and I made the show. That's incredible. But it seemed like you were very blasé about it. You weren't so psyched out. Like, hey, they called me and running. Yeah, it wasn't because, especially after the summer before, like I made it past the first round of auditions and did an interview and then they still got cut. So in my mind, I was like, okay, not this, not this again. You didn't want to go like, through it again. It was like a bad like, breakup. I feel like my chances might be greater because they're asking me to come. So let me just show up. Okay, so the interesting thing is that you go, you finally say yes, and still it doesn't mean that you're on the show. Is right. it, or you still have to try out again? Yeah, is that so I, I, yeah, I had to go. I had to sing like four or five songs, do the interview again. Um, and then I remember three weeks later, I got a call like, hey, we'd love for you to come to LA. And I was like, Ah, I think I got this one. Then, I mean, your voice is so beautiful. I can't imagine what else you were going to do if you weren't going to sing. I mean, what else was on um, your roster there? I mean, you went to China to tour, I understand, right? That's why you were in China for a year? Yeah, I was touring. Um, but outside of being a singer, like, I have a huge love for animals. And I was actually going to study to become a veterinarian. So had I not been a singer, dancer, all of these things, 
I would have been a vet. <laughs> okay. What people don't also know about you is that you are this, you're from Philadelphia, which mm. is, you know, crazy because I know how, you know, you're also a gay man from Philadelphia. Did you take dancing lessons there or did it just come naturally? Oh, yeah. Dancing, singing? I was in two dance companies. I went to the Philadelphia High School for Creative Performing Arts. I was a vocal major, dance minor. I then went to University of the Arts, which I was a vocal major and all my electives were in dance. So I was dancing pretty much my entire childhood. Um, and it was interesting because I never really dealt with much of, well, after I left my middle school, I never really dealt with much of like bullying or kind of like shaming because I was in the arts, because I went to arts institutes. So um, it was a little tricky navigating like elementary school, middle school, just because I was in quote unquote, like regular schools before I graduated to like magnet schools. Uh, but once I got to Kappa, it was history after that. Well, that's great. I think that I think the world has evolved. So I think people have more important things to boss you around about and bully you about, like right. maybe not wearing a mask or not getting vaccinated. You know, have other things to like torture you about. But did you also take uh, singing lessons? Was that something you also did? Uh, when I got to college, it was a part of the curriculum that we had a voice coach. Um, and in college, I really got to explore more of like my classical voice and my jazz ear, um, which kind of lended itself to even more depth in my music and the way that I vocal arrange and stuff. And what about uh, writing your own music? I know that you wrote your own song, Can mm -hmm. We Go Back? Right. Which well, it actually get... started, it started pretty late in my career. I started off in 2012, I was like reference singing and I really wasn't confident as a songwriter um, up until maybe about 2016 is when I kind of really started like, okay, I think I got this. Like, I need to just trust myself and stop doubting it. And yeah, it's been a very short amount of time that I feel like I've been a songwriter, but I feel like what I always hoped to have, I always had, I just didn't believe in it. Okay, take me back a little bit to growing up in Philadelphia and what it was like, um, especially being gay. I mean, when did you come out of the closet? Your dad also was a preacher. And I think so was your grandfather, if I'm correct. Okay, so my grandfather was had the church and then my uncle was the assistant pastor and my mom led the praise team so my entire family was in church um and it was interesting because growing up in church it felt like this like flu that just would never go away that everyone kept telling me i just was sick and that kind of like was a little sick in the mind when i think about it now but i don't know what you mean tell me you said repeat that again so i said growing up in the church i guess yeah my sexuality felt oh. like it was like a flu that just would not go away. And everyone kept telling me I was sick and that I needed to get better. But like, now that I think back on it, I'm like, mm, that kind of was sick in the head a little bit too. That was crazy. So you were out when you were singing in the church. No, 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 I was, I was very much still trying to like navigate who I was and I was just so young. So I feel like, so were you telling yourself this feels like the flu or it's like a sickness and I'll get I rid of it? I was telling myself, like, I have this idea that, like, I think guys look good, but, like, I would be <laughs> like, thing. And it just was easier for me to just not focus on it. So I started focusing on the arts. I started focusing on singing and dancing and any outlet that let me get something out. <clears throat> um, and it wasn't really until like I had started living my life regardless 
um, of really kind of like telling people anything. But I really started letting people in around like 2017, 2018, which I was just like, you know what? You guys want to know more about my life? Okay, here we go. And then I just and, started. And, and you weren't young. You were, I mean, you were like in yeah, your middle older. 20s. You I were, was yeah, 24, 25 about. Really after that year in China, I really got to like sit with myself and really ask myself like, okay, Julian, who the hell are you? And like, what do you want from this life? Um, after speaking to so many different types of people with so many different backgrounds, I mean, I was hanging around like authentic Africans and Russians and Brazilians. Like they don't, they barely speak English and they're telling me about their lives and how they grew up. And I'm just like, wow, there's so many other ways to life. And maybe what I grew up with, although I'm grateful for like the moral compass that I have as a person of treating people kind and loving the world and stuff like that. Um, my life doesn't have to look like that because how I feel internally feels actually different. Um, and I just so started- in a way, what's weird is that in a way, being gay drew you to being more determined to sing and to, you know, to really sculpt your art, to really try to make it as a singer, because, you know, you were trying to get away from everything in your own head. You were trying to like get away from the fact that you were gay, which I can relate to. I suppressed it a lot. And my outlet also was just working in fashion and working in fashion. You know, I wouldn't want to go out. I wouldn't want to meet people. And so I understand that, you know, it's funny because um, I don't know if you know, Brian, Justin Crumb, he was on, um, what, what was he on, Brad? Um, American Idol. Also- he was on American Idol and, you know, also beautiful voice, same thing. He was gay, but he was bullied growing up and, you know, he put all his focus into singing and, you know, he has a beautiful voice. Anyway, getting back to Philadelphia, what part of Philadelphia? Was it a dangerous part of Philadelphia that we hear about on the news? Um, well, no, I actually grew up in Northwest Philadelphia, which is called West Oak Lane. And there's a lot of, um, like older people and, um, persons with disabilities. So it was like a more of a quieter neighborhood. It just was so far from like where my schools were. Now I live in North Philly around like Temple University, uh, which is a little bit closer to Center City. Okay. And, but it's, it's not, you know, it's a safer area. It's not the kind of area where you're, you know, constantly looking over your shoulder or have to dodge. Well, it's interesting because where I currently live is where the rapper Meek Mill lived when he was younger. And when he was younger, this area was just not a good safe zone but now it's been like super redone and I, I live around a bunch of like college students so I feel fine walking my dog at two o'clock in the morning and right. there's a sink like right up the street so we don't really have any problems around here okay great just don't go to that place that Jesse Smollett went to I think he got <laughs> I think he got mugged at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> and, <laughs> Um, but now, so now, what, so I want to know what age you actually came out because I'm Jewish and, you know, I come from an Orthodox, a modern Orthodox family and community. And when I say modern Orthodox, it means that, you know, they don't have the, the wigs and the, and the curls, the payout, which they're uh -huh. called, but they're modern, but they're still very conservative. It was very hard for me. And I was similar to you in the sense that, you know, it was kind of like an at, don't ask, don't tell. You know, right. I did what I had to do and I just didn't, you know, talk about it. And then I got pushed against the wall one day and that's how I came out. But my, you know, listen, my father was, had passed away by then. And I had to deal more with my siblings, even then with my mom wasn't really the issue it was more my siblings. How was it for you 
being growing up in the church and having a father as a preacher and a grandfather owning the church or having the church or what was he running the church? It was, yeah. So my grandfather actually owned the church, ran the church. Um, it was interesting because my, what do you call it? Me seeming different or like really artsy never really was a trigger, I guess, for so many people around just because I went to the creative and performing arts high school and I was singing and dancing and parades and say like, so the, the artsy part of me that I guess people would now see as gay wasn't really a trigger then. Um, me, per I feel like I have like two different sets of dates when I talk about, um, as you say, coming out, I usually say like letting in. When I was around 20, like 2015, 2016, I actually had my very first boyfriend, um, which was also pretty traumatic because it was like, a download type of situation where like it was like we were dating but everyone just thought we were friends but I didn't really give myself the, the agency that I give myself today um and it was really just like 2017 18 when I started letting my family like in like okay guys if y'all ever thought before this is the real deal this is kind of like what I am who I am what I feel um, so wait a minute, you brought it up before they brought it up. You 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 initiated yeah, the conversation. Yeah, we were having we were having a family meeting about some other shit and How many siblings do you have? Uh I have four on my four on my mom's side, four on my um, I'm one of four on my mom's side and I'm one of four on my dad's side. Wow. Okay, so so there's eight. So you've got eight of you. You're one of four and then your dad has four other children? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm so the second oldest of on both sides. Oh, okay. So did everyone, did you sit everybody down at the same time and say, hey guys, so this is the deal, you know, if you didn't realize it before, but you know, I like boys or I'm gay, how did you say it? So my mom, I sat down with my mom, my little brother and my two sisters and her husband. And I kind of was just like, by the way, guys, all this murmur on the side is like quite exhausting. If you guys really want to know, like, I like dudes. Um, I, do you guys have any questions? Because I'm already like fine. And it was just literally just like that. And then my dad, um, <clears throat> I actually just met my biological dad in 2019. And so when I met him, I was very adamant on like him knowing exactly who I was from the beginning. Because at this point, like it's already been really long time of like not knowing you so if I continued down that road it wouldn't really affect me much but since you are here just want to like the very first time I went to dinner to meet his um his wife and my brothers and stuff like that um I wore a crop top I had on this platform shoe with this tight cargo pant around my ass like it was giving very much like hello good evening girls Yes. Who reached out to who first? Did you reach out to your dad or did he reach out to you? Uh, I found out who he was and we reached out and it was a little quiet for like maybe two, three weeks. And then he reached back out and then we met. Was he familiar at all with your talent and your success and the success you were about to achieve? No, he didn't. Had no idea. idea. Had no idea. I was no idea that I just got off of television. No idea. None of, none of it. 
So he didn't ask to borrow money yet. Mm -mm. <laughs> mm -mm. But it's so interesting because just wait, it's coming. I'm just letting you know yeah. from everyone. My dad says, like when we talk, we pretty much talk about like us and like spending time and like the family and how he just wants to see. Me. We I feel like we barely really talk about music, although he loves. Julie. Yeah. Okay. Wait, Julian. One second. We got to back up a second. So you show up in a crop top and heels and all of that, and you're still talking to him after that. You basically went there to push him away, and you <laughs> were not able to push him away. You basically went there, giving him the finger. It was it was important to me because, like, I no longer at that point in my life, especially after I left the voice, I just no longer wanted to live in a space that I couldn't really be who I was, and. If yeah, but that I was wanna... extreme. You have to admit, meeting him for the first time, that was extreme. But the, the 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 great part that came out of it is that he didn't run away. Right. And correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Is there a stigma about being gay more so in the Black culture? Mm -hmm. There is, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, it's almost, it's, it's almost this, well, now, I mean, it's a little different. But still, the, the basis of, like, being a black man and gay is a little bit of a disappointment, I guess. Um, well, it's a lot different now. It's evolved. But back in the day, I remember not even back in the day, I'm even going back maybe 10, 15 years ago, especially when you you know think about rap music and hip hop stars uh, in the music business. I think black and gay were really I mean, that was a culture that did not embrace mm -hmm. uh, uh, their their culture being gay. And I, I, I have friends of mine who are between the ages of like 32, 33 and 40, 45, whose parents and families still don't know. So like from my, from my, around my age, it's a lot different from the, my older friends. Um, I feel like I got lucky. I got lucky because I think my family finally saw me and got it. And it's not like I'm gay and like, I'm just on the streets doing drugs and just not doing anything with my life. If if anyone was to have a gay son, this would be an example of like a great, right. <laughs> a I, great I, way to have a gay son. <laughs> listen, I hear you. I kind of feel the same way about myself, but listen, not everybody agrees. And, you know, there's, I want to just, I, I don't want to belabor the point, but getting back to your father being a preacher, there's the whole sin aspect of it. Mm-hmm. No, wait a minute. Am I wrong? Brett's telling me your grandfather's my a preacher. My grandfather is a preacher, yeah. Wait, so what, your, your father's the preacher? No, no, no. My grandfather is the preacher. So my what is your father? Okay. My so dad. You, my dad yeah. is a cop. Oh, your dad's a cop? Yeah. Oh, my God. I love him. Just tell him that I said I want to thank him for his services, and I feel absolutely terrible about what's been going on with the police officers throughout our country. I think it's actually disgraceful. I, I think want to it's talk to him about a few hours, so I'll let him know that. Good, please let him know that. Um, you know what's but been yes, going. Just like you were saying, it's the whole sin aspect. It's the whole like. I think I've suppressed it for so long because of how, like, in my in this city of Philadelphia, my family is very influential. Everyone knows who my grandfather is. Everyone knows who my mom is. Everyone knows who my uncle is, and so it was more than just like me being gay. It was. Uh, Bishop Coleman's grandson and the family and woo, woo, woo. But at some point, you got to start caring about you 
and the life that you want to live because I only get one of them and I'm happy that I caught myself when I did and started living my life because had I waited any longer I would have been just super depressed and just I was already like slightly unhappy thank god I had the arts to kind of drive me to happiness but had I not man I, you could I have know. really felt you could have either fallen into drugs depression or killed yourself it's funny I relate to that I was in the fashion business I had a shop in New York City I had two shops and I go to Milan and Paris I buy shoes I kept suppressing the way I felt I had girlfriends I kept you know you know, hiding and suppressing it. And I came out a little bit even later than you. And like you said earlier, you know, there were two coming, coming outs. There mm -hmm. was one coming out to myself. Mm -hmm. And then there was one coming out to my family. Mm -hmm. And all of it is hard. And it's been, you know, a really long time. And to this day, you know, you can't help but get around the question of the sin aspect of it when you come from a church going, God fearing, God loving community. How do you deal with that? Well, <clears throat> me and my family have gotten to a place where um, I love them none, no less. I, I understand when people believe as strong about something um, that I may disagree with. And I'm so grateful for my upbringing, like I said, because it has made me just a solid human being with, great, with a great moral compass but I just don't agree with a lot of the ways in which I was taught. And so we're gonna just respectfully agree to disagree. I don't love you any less because you're my grandfather and you're my mother and you're my uncle, whatever the case may be. Um, but we just don't have to go down that road because I'm always gonna stand now. Like I'm gonna stand exactly with who I am and how I feel. And if you don't like that, then I understand, I respect that. But respectfully, I don't have to be a part of this. <laughs> you know, that's such a mature attitude to take. And, uh, you know, I so and even for your family, does your grandfather have a problem in the sense of, you know, of course, he embraces and loves you, but maybe is not supportive with that aspect. And your mom, how are they supportive? To what extent are they supportive? Can you bring home a boyfriend with them? Oh. Are they happy for you? Do they try to set you up with a guy like they show in the movies? Okay, so I haven't, so I haven't um, brought any guy home in that aspect. My, my family still supports uh, my music. It, the first year to be completely transparent it was a little rough like I feel like I barely talked to my mom my grandparents were a little iffy everything was just like <clears throat> a little weird um my dad my so my dad and his wife are more of the ones that are like my dad keeps saying <clears throat> okay. and this is the dad you're pol the police officer mm -hmm. my dad keeps saying like yeah just make sure when you bring a guy home you know he ain't no bum I'm gonna make sure he all right. I'm gonna make sure he all right. And his wife is just like, me and her actually talk about like, so like, are you dating? Are you like, you know, uh, my mom, not so much, but I've gotten to a place of realizing that my mom probably will never change. Um, and I respect her for feeling the way that she does, but I just don't have to like, you know, I feel like people are like puppies. You go where the love is. And so if, if, my, if my dad and his wife are the ones that are like championing me in this, life that I'm trying to navigate myself and trying to learn more about myself and who I am and what I want, then that's probably who I'm going to talk to about my love life. That's probably who I'm going to talk to about 
you know, I have no problem calling my dad and being like, this dude just wasted four weeks of my life. (laughs) We got to get into that because, okay, that's a whole other thing, but continue. We got to get into that whole, yeah, wasting four weeks. Brad's still wasting 20 years of my life. I don't know. I don't know when this shit's going to end, but one of us has to smother the other one at some point. Who's right. going to win this? Who's going to wake up alive one day? Oh, anyway, so continue. So you you actually can call your dad. And this is the police officer dad, mm-hmm. the rough and tough dad. And he tells you, like, he's more supportive than your mom is. Yeah, he's he honestly, like, my mom is supportive. She's come around a lot. But, but it's it, difficult. It's difficult for her. I get it. I get it. Also, my little sister is gay too. And she okay. lives with my girlfriend. And so I just think that it's easier for my mom to just not think about and not deal with it versus actually having to deal with it. Now, my mom surprises me every now and then. Like last year I had like a pride book club type of thing when I right. bought all my friends this book called All Boys Aren't Blue. And, and she cooked food and then brought me like these pride shot glasses. And I said, Okay. <laughs> it says a lot. It's and it couldn't have been easy. You know, I relate. You're talking to somebody that can relate. And I follow your suit in the sense that, you know, everyone is entitled to believe what they believe. We can agree to disagree. And I never want to make anybody uncomfortable. So if you're going to be uncomfortable around Brad or myself or even our children, you know, we have twins. If somebody's going to feel uncomfortable, then, you know, listen, I, I don't need to be there. We're, I always say we're not going to be the ones to take you to court for not making our wedding cake. Mm-hmm. If you remember the story. You know, these guys went up to went all the way up to the Supreme Court because this religious guy didn't want to make a wedding. He would make the wedding cake, but he wouldn't put the two men on top. Anyway, the ridiculousness of it, it went all the way up to the Supreme Court. In any case, we're not those people. I you know, we don't want to make you uncomfortable. We just want to live our life and, you know, teach our children the right values and try to put our best foot forward. And And it seems like you're have that same outlook. And I'm not angry about it one bit. Like I actually choose to focus on the fact that I have more people rooting for me than against me. My brother, my big brother, who was the high school basketball star, the quote unquote jock, like he's one of my biggest fans. And the fact that I get to live my life unapologetically for his children, they call me Gunkle Juju. Like that, (laughs) I have a personal relationship with both of them. I have a very, very, very good relationship with my brother. Like, my sister, I focus on what I have. And what I do have is all my cousins and siblings, they love the hell out of me. And all my friends love the hell out of me. And hopefully the world loves the hell out of me soon too. I think they will. I think people, you know, when they listen to your new single, can we go back and they watch the video? Just, you know, be prepared. The video is very racy. I love it. And it's sexy. I want to get to that. There was a quote that I read about you. And I think Uh I forgot who, who said it about you. I stand in full support of Julian as a man who just happens to be queer and as an artist just so happens to be dope. Do you know who said that about you? I don't know. I think that kind of sounds like my manager, but. It might've been your manager. First of all, I didn't know that it's okay to be, to call ourselves queer. I mean, I'm all for it. I call myself fag. You know, I don't care. You know, when, the bartender, when the bartender says, where are you guys sitting? You know, we're at a fancy swanky place in New York city. And you know, there's all, typical, you know, straight couples, young models all around. I go, you're going to see two fags in the corner. That's bring the drinks over there. You know, but I say it as a joke. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not a very politically correct person, but so is queer acceptable? Queer is an acceptable Um, word, I guess. 
queer actually isn't acceptable to me. I actually live with um, a woman who's queer and I've learned that queer doesn't necessarily mean anything crazy. Like I think it's a, a great way to group instead of saying gay because not every LGBTQ person is gay, but we're all queer. So like when, when she groups a bunch of our friends together, she'll say like, yo, like, I wanna hang out with my queer friends. I don't wanna hang out with my, you know, and I get what she means. That means lesbians, trans, gays, whatever. Oh, so queer just goes into the category of the whole grouping. Right, now I get it. And what, you also did a mashup with Brian McKnight, Beyonce, and Ed Sheeran, right? Yeah. yeah. How did you do that? I mean, it's a mashup. You ought to get their permission. No, well, because it's a YouTube cover, I don't have, I'm not monetizing from anything. So I just put it on YouTube and, what was interesting, I, I did a few medleys before my episode aired on The Voice. So once it aired, people could kind of hear other, me singing other songs besides what was on The Voice. Right. How nervous were you on The Voice when you were singing in all the chairs, you had the back of all the chairs and you're thinking, uh, nobody is going to turn around. How I, you know, one can was you, you would be thinking that's what maybe I would be thinking. Uh, maybe you have more confidence. My heart would be thumping like one no of these bitches better turn around. But baby, I was drenched, perfumed. <laughs> Thank God, I had all, all white is a great color to wear when you're sweating because huh? <laughs> I was drenched. And all I remember thinking was like, All right, bitch, you're here now. <laughs> you got you to bring it, something's got to happen. But John Legend turned around and smacked that button so quick that Adam Levine couldn't even get to mentor you, right? There's like this caveat, right? Which, wow. which, there's a plot, it's called. So he turned around and Adam Levine just missed it. And mm -hmm. so so who is it? John Legend actually got yeah, to mentor John, you. Yep, John Legend blocked Adam. And it was interesting because the entire week I kept saying like- Wait, mm -hmm. before you tell me the entire week, when that happened, what were you like? What were you thinking? So if you were them, I was kind of singing over here. And all I remember was everyone kind of just stood up and started clapping, but I didn't really notice what was going on until like the bridge. I'm not trying to lose my love, that shit's broken. And I was like, she's broken, yeah, yeah, oh yes, and I, and I'm like smiling, like, oh my God, this shit is really happening, and then at the end of it, I was like, wow, this was cute, I think it's cute, <laughs> I just got the chills from the singing and the story, your oh, voice oh. is crazy, I mean, you just did that, like, you're chomping on candy now, and you're still singing, <laughs> frozen grapes, frozen grapes, frozen grapes, <laughs> and you're still singing, your voice is still incredible, what a beautiful voice, I forgot what you said. Did you take sing? No, you said you took singing lessons. You had to when you were in college. In college, yeah. Yeah, but you still had to have had that beautiful voice as a young kid. I mean, I sang in church, but it was, in my mind, it was just church. Like, I was just keying. So I, I want to get back to the voice a second. So now, I know you don't make money being on The Voice, but mm -hmm. you get mentored by John Legend. Mm -hmm. And what happens after that? Does he what help? Did he what did he tell you? I mean, did he give so, you any great advice? He actually told me when I was leaving to come on this show, Rich in Life. He, he said, said make, sure, <laughs> make sure you go on that uh, podcast, Rich in Life. And no, I I'm remember sorry. so profoundly. So the, okay. So the, the night before I left, no one knows this, but I was preparing for my next week's song, which was Best Part by Her. 
and we got to we got to rehearse it on the actual live stage the rest of the room was dark and me and him were seeing the best part and he looked at me and said bro regardless of what happens i'm not worried about you because there's a lot of singers here but there's not a lot of artists and i know i'm going to see you again and I got back in the van to go to the hotel and I just was like permeating on that because, you know, for him to say that meant the world to me. And I, in the my short amount of time, like I made it all up to the live shows and my short time there, I feel like I got exactly what I needed. He actually, we talked a few months afterwards, I released um, my single seasons and I released the project Made in China. He actually listened to the whole thing and, and DM'd me like, I really, really enjoyed this. Um, I expected the stellar work from such a stellar artist. Um, and then I haven't really talked to him since because he went on tour and then they unfortunately suffered that miscarriage or whatever the case may be. And it just was like, it was like a lot going on. And I just was like, ugh, let me not, let me just leave him alone. <laughs> yeah, give, give him his distance for now, but then you got to call in your chit with him. And you yeah, no, I, really... I know that I'm going to run, run into him again. And we're gonna we're gonna laugh. Okay, so how did this come up? The, the new single I want to talk about. First, let me play. Let's play a clip. Okay. Of the song, can we go back? How did you come about writing this? I mean, first of all, were you so hurt or did you just want to write a song and figure I'm going to write it about this relationship? No, let me tell you a story. So last January, I met this guy and we hit it off. Like it was, it was more than just like, oh, I think you're cute. I think, you know, we, we talked for seven hours, like in person, the very first time meeting. And you know, in where in, did you meet? Was it online the, or did you meet in a place? Was it an online thing? I have met, to ask everything. We met in my kitchen. Okay. He was actually a friend of my friends. We met That's in my lovely kitchen. Lovely story. I, I said, wow, like it's really three o'clock in the morning. I've really been talking to you about seven hours. You should stay. Now, in the gay world, that's like a lot because I can't even get guys to talk for 20 minutes without the awkwardness. So I was like, wow, this is really, you know, and then last January, we were still very much in pandemic, pandemic. So we couldn't really go anywhere, couldn't really do anything. So he like quarantined me for like three weeks straight. And then I don't know what that means. What does that mean? He, he hijacked you for, for three no, weeks no, straight? Meaning like he was literally here every. Oh, you guys quarantined together. Yeah. So literally, so you acted like a lesbian couple. Pretty That's much. what they usually we, do, we, move we in got, right away. We, we <laughs> took our bags on the first date. Exactly. <laughs> right, you got the U-Hole on the first date, oh, like exactly. lesbians. Okay. So um, after that three weeks, it got really dead. And he like ghosted me. And I said, okay, this is kind of weird. Leading up to those three weeks, like, I mean, at the end of the three weeks, that few days before I kind of felt it like, 
fizzling or his just mind somewhere else. And so I wrote the song because in my mind, like I just wanted to go back to the night we met. I wanted to go back to like the first week we had where we were just literally like sleeping with each other and not like, not like sexually because that entire three weeks, there was no sex, there was no nothing. It was just pure like, oh, come on. No, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, no, nah, I wouldn't lie about the day. So you had well, more sex in the video making it than you did with actual, with the actual boyfriend. Well, no, no, I mean, like, we made I'm out teasing. stuff like no, that. No, I, I know, no, but like, when you say that, but that really, really says, but that says a lot about the bonding. Yes, so you can imagine, I just met this guy who I think is perfect for me. There's no pressure about sex. There's no pressure about anything else. And I was like, wow, like I was like really feeling for him. And so the song was birthed out of this idea of just wanting to go back to like, that moment when I felt like I finally got what I wanted with no pressure of sex, no pressure of relationship. It just was like us. Um, and then I cursed him out probably on the fourth or fifth week, all to find out he was just going through some shit. He couldn't really communicate. And he was also like really addicted to like hardcore drugs. And it just, wow. I'm so glad it didn't work out because it was a bullet that I definitely dodged. But it was definitely a little bit um, traumatic for me. So that's how the song came about, just wanting to like, longing for those beginning days. Um, because although it did not work out, those first three weeks, I don't think I've experienced that with anyone else. Because we were, because we couldn't go anywhere, we were forced to like really have those deeper conversations a lot faster. Right. So by but the- you didn't have the deep conversation about drugs, did you? Well, we didn't have the deep conversation about drugs because and I was Was still, he like, not doing drugs for three weeks? Because I don't know if I can believe he wasn't doing drugs mm -hmm. for the whole three weeks you were together. No, no, he definitely was, but it wasn't, it wasn't to the point where I was right. like, concerned. After that three weeks, it got really dark. And to, to the point where like, he ended up coming to my house a few weeks later and, would, and collapsed on my kitchen floor or would like fall asleep on my, on my island. And I was just leaving there because at that point I was like over it. I was, over getting, it. I, was, I was getting frustrated that like, I'm giving you my time. I introduced you to my, my family, not as my boyfriend, but like, still you met my family. You came to my birthday party, like what? So yeah. So like, you said it perfectly. You did, you dodged a bullet and it's lucky that you only wasted three weeks and not three years. Like right. I said, I'm still wasting 20 years. I don't know what I'm <laughs> going to do, but, uh, but so now tell me when you wanted to do the video, how does that come about? Because, you know, I know how it comes about. You make a video, but it, you know, it's a very, very intense video. It's very racy. So you have to I get very close to someone. So you wanted a hot model. I want to hear this. Tell me, because that's how I hire my staff. I tell them, take your shirt off. I don't care about their resume. I, I don't care if I we work that. for the president. I just need to see the abs. Let's just see what's underneath the shirt. So it was very important to me that I, I retold the story. And that was the story of pretty much us being in the house and quarantining together and the closeness, the intimacy that wasn't sex. Now, at the time, I was like really stuck trying to find a model because as badly as I wanted to ask him to do it, because before we stopped talking, he ended up like hearing the song and really loving it. But I was like, I don't know that revisiting him would do anything for my healing. So I started, I went on Instagram and I was like, hey, looking for a model, blah, blah, blah. 
200 comments later, I'm like going through, looking at the profiles. Mm, he's not that cute. Mm, I think he's too pretty. Mm. And I came across the guy. Right. So I, I messaged him and I'm like, hey, Ryan, um, I saw that you commented on the what's the face. Can we have like a video chat? So and pause, pause for one second. So did they know that this was going to be um, a video about two men and that it, it was going to be intimate? Was that yeah? Already... Like I put, I put a little bit in the description, but that's Great. why I okay. wanted to have the video Got it. so I could let him know, like, hey, this is giving very much. You are my boyfriend for this entire day, and you, you need to sell it. He just so ended up happening to be an actor, and um, was he straight or gay? I need to know. So he is he's gay okay actually him and his twin brother are gay but That's, he also is i know it's, it's kind of crazy but no he, brad is an identical twin and his brother's gay too wow. i met brad from his brother so yes is was he the the model the actor that did your video was he an identical twin he must have been if they're both gay so. yes usually identical twins okay interesting so, him so and his, he 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 like it was in this phase of his life where he was trying to take more of control over himself because he was in a marriage um, with a woman and he has four kids. And like, I was like, okay, bro, like, do you, do you know what this is? Are you sure you're okay to do this? He's like, yes, I am. I'm sure I'm okay. Okay, great. So we shoot the weekend. We shot this the weekend of December 5th. He came and he did the job and he left. And when I got the footage back, I was like, wow, <clears throat> exactly what I wanted to happen, happened. It felt like we were dating, which we were not. And it felt like that intimacy that I experienced with the boy that I was dating, I, I saw through the video. Did, wasn't it hard to do the video and then once the video was done to have to now say goodbye to this guy too? Um, like no. Why did you have to say goodbye? Was he in a relationship? No, he just, um, I don't know. It was actually weird because it was, it was like he was giving me some energy, but it was the follow through that wasn't consistent for me. And so I paid it. Tell me, was, so tell me what the follow through was. Tell me, give me an example. The follow, the follow through was like, I was getting a bunch of texts like, hey, just checking on you. Uh-huh. And nothing happened. Nothing came like, out of that. Yeah, nothing. Like So when, yeah, yeah, then you move on. When nothing happens out of that, then you got to move on. Yeah. And even when the, and then when the video came out, when the video came out, like he didn't really share it or post it much. And I was like, huh, okay. That's odd. I know, odd. That is odd. Very odd. But Maybe. he was hired for a job. He did, and he the, did job. the job. And okay. I, you know, men are like guppies in the ocean. There's so many of them. I'm not getting hung up on one. Yeah. And also, you know, I know that you are young. I made a joke earlier that you're so old, but you're really not. You're young. But I think at some point, you'll know when it's really, you know, the right person to trust and to be in a relationship. There's a lot of vetting that happens. You know, when I used to hang out and I say hang out because it was not dating, but I used to hang out. I was living in New York City. I'd be at the Bowery Bar, Flamingo East, Lotus. We'd go to all these clubs. And, you know, in my head, I thought I was such a, you know, 
crazy stud, but I was a scared little kid. I mean, the minute a guy was like, okay, meet me in the bathroom, I'd be like, okay. And I'd run out the door and run home. You know, I, so I was like, I, you know, I was scared of my own shadow, but I did vet everybody. You know, I'd say, you know, what do you like? What do you do? And, you know, I'd find out about the drugs. I'd find out about the marriage. I'd find out about all the crazy shit that they were doing. And in my mind, I knew that I would scratch them off my list. Like there is no way I'm going out again. I mean, there's no way. But, you know, it was all done, you know, in my mind. They couldn't read it on my face and I never said it to them. But when you get older, you just, I think, become more seasoned in vetting people. That's where I'm at. I'm, I mean, I am still young, but I'm knocking on 30. And I find it very <laughs> exhausting. I find it very exhausting, especially dating within the Black community, because half the time these guys are still traumatized and they're either By being not, gay. Yeah, still they're, either, yeah, they're either not out, they don't, they're not comfortable being gay, they want to be gay, but not too gay, they want to be like, it's just like weird. So I feel like I already, I already have to like chop down an evergreen tree just to even get to see who you are. And then by the time I get to see who you are, I'm not interested. You, you, you There's no real conversation. There's all you do is take you pictures and put them on Instagram and you're a hoe. And I, I'm, I'm actually not interested. <laughs> I am because of the way that my first relationship went and the fact that I, like I even apologized to him a few years ago because I, I, I just was not, in a space to really love him and he felt that and I never really gave myself agency to like be who I am today in that relationship for him and so because I'm actually ready to be in a relationship and give myself that full agency whoever takes that position is giving very much you gotta be something but are you only dating within the black community or would you be no. open to dating to no, I'm, somebody I'm open I actually um the last guy that I talked to for like a year uh, was Puerto Rican and Dominican. Okay. Um, and I also used to talk to this Arab guy. When but you say I, talk, you're just saying talking online. That, no, talking, dating, like. But do you see um, them face to face? Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. That's what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I, I feel like I, I feel like I date more within the black community because of like the ease of the cultural references and like growing up movies music food like it's just an instant connection there that feels comforting but i've also dated outside of my race you've just and explained it so perfectly you've explained it so perfectly that i wish that people on the news that are trained to explain things to the audience could explain things as well as you just did there's oh. just a comfort of you know the same interests and it's no shade, like, I, it's no shade. I, I remember dating the Puerto Rican and Dominican guy and he did not know what uh, You Mean the World to Me by Tony Braxton. And I had a fit. I said, <laughs> excuse me? What? You What's don't- the yeah, Sing your favorite line from that song. Oh, it's the chorus. You mean the world to me. You are my everything. I swear the only thing that matters matters to me. Oh, baby, 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 baby. Yeah, because you mean so much mm, to me. I get the chills when you sing. Holy oh. shit. You're doing that just sitting on the chair. You're not even preparing yourself. You're, you're just doing that. 
Holy mm-hmm. shit on command. That's amazing. <laughs> okay, I'm Braxton. chiming in also. You are, are I'm Robin. You are a This is Robin, like one of my producers. Hi, Robin. Beautiful. Hi. You have a beautiful voice. Thank and you. I feel as though all of your stories probably are gonna be you're gonna be writing songs in the future for a very long time. Okay. Just about everything you've been talking about. Wow. And I'm available to do any videos, but that's all I'm good to do. <laughs> he's I been saying sing. that he's been saying that for days now. Yes, I'm yeah, available for that. I'm available to be grumpy, cynical, and do videos. So and okay. to knock anyone's spirit. If anybody needs to be knocked down a peg, I'm good for that. <laughs> so yeah, Tony Braxton was great. I don't know how she fell off of the face of the earth, and I feel terrible because I still listen to her music. I do too. Can you tell me what artists did you grow up listening to that you loved and who do you listen to today? Um, So funny story. I don't know how my mom didn't know I was gay back then, but I used to sing Unbreak My Heart back in like 98, 99. And I'm I'm talking about like, unbreak my heart, you know, really just (laughs) in it. I I just got to tell you, do you remember her in the Tom Ford dress at the awards? What was it? The Gucci. Tom Ford was designing for Gucci. She had that white um, uh, halter with a hole in it, and she was up yes. on the pedestal. Yes, 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 yes. And then yes. she broke into the. It was just to this day. I Google it and just to watch it. It was one yes. of her best moments. She was. She was definitely one of my fat five when I was younger. Um, I listened to Spice Girls. Believe it or not, like a lot. I really love them. Wait, getting back to your mom. You didn't know how your mom didn't know you were gay. Yeah, I mean, like, I just feel like, you know, when I look at little boys that are like four, five, six, seven, I'm nine times out of ten, I'm like, mm, you, mm. <laughs> okay, oh, funny. can't wait to see you in ten years. So funny! Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was one of those boys that you would have done that to probably when I was younger. No, seriously, like, I have a little cousin. I love him down. Oh, God, I love him down. But it's giving very much. He's giving the vibe. Okay, so now would your, this is a nephew, you said, or a cousin? A cousin, yeah. Okay, so would their parents be angry at you for even saying that? Um, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. But what I am. uh Uh-huh. What I am doing, so he's into musical theater uh-huh. and he's into like performing and television and stuff like that. So I'm just like really exerting my support <laughs> for him. And like, I love showing up to his events and like, I love just kind of like being there um, because if he can see that like this life is possible when he finally does identify with it, it should be a no brainer. That was the difference between me and him. Yeah, when I was younger, I didn't really have someone like me in my family that was like actually doing what I wanted to do for a living and actually doing it really well and also just so happy to be gay. Um, so and do I feel you know, like- in my mind, what I'm picturing, in my mind, I'm seeing you as Will from Will and Grace, and I'm seeing your little cousin as Jordy. I'm sure you never <laughs> saw that episode. Did you ever see the episode of Will uh-uh. and Grace when he's with his nephew and his mom never liked when Will, the grown-up, would sing songs, the mother would cringe, but yet now this little boy, years, years later, it's a little boy, and mm-hmm. everyone's standing and, you know, clapping for him. So it's like funny how things change. Yeah. I mean, I'm just hoping until I feel comfortable enough or until maybe I like, I honestly feel like his mom might come to me 
She probably will. I've had many people come to me to, you know, discuss their, their, their kids, you know, mm -hmm. just wanting advice. I will say this, and I've said it on the podcast and I have gotten a little bit of resistance on it, but mm -hmm. I don't know if you would agree with this, but be because you're gay and I feel like we, we kind of agree on a lot. I feel like nobody really wants to have a gay child. Nobody wants to have, I mean, I'm not saying that I would condemn anyone for anything, but do yeah. we actually want one? I mean, no. Do you feel the same way? Do you think your family would feel like they would want a gay child? I mean, I'm sure there are exceptions to every rule. Okay. So I know there are exceptions. I know people have said, well, I wouldn't care if any of my sons were gay. I wanted one of my sons. I'm like, okay, that's great. But that's an exception to the rule. Julian, tell me, what do you think? Well, I feel like a lot of people, a lot of parents use that excuse just because they don't know how to love their child for them. Like, I feel like a lot of parents love their child because like, oh, I finally have a son so he can become this, or I finally have a daughter so she can do this. But it's never really like loving the child for exactly who they are. And when, when people are forced to do that, um, I feel like it sometimes, um, how do I say this? When they're forced to like love them for who they are, it's difficult for them because they have this preconceived notion of like what they are already gonna get out of this relationship. I personally like whether my kids were gay or not, of course I would love them. In my opinion, the only reason that I would probably say I don't want a gay child is because I don't want him to have to go through the things that I went through. Now, but I do that's believe exactly that. it. But that's yeah, exactly like, it. We have children. We have a boy and a girl. I'm like, do we want them to be gay? No. I mean, if I had a choice, we don't have a choice. It's whatever yeah. nature brings. I didn't even want me to be gay. Okay. I wanted to get married and be on the down I low. I wouldn't choose this life of being ostracized. And I wouldn't choose this life of being, you know, having to walk around with different, just fucking painted on my forehead. And how um, do you feel about when people introduce you as a gay artist? Well, in my mind, in my mind, I'm not a gay artist. I'm just an artist who just so happens to be gay. See, I love you. And did you see how I introduced you? Yeah. I said who, I, after I said my intro, I said, and he, and he just happens to be gay and his dad's a preacher. And I brought that in as an afterthought. And I used, and I specifically said, and happens to be gay because yep. it's relevant to be a musician, especially in the black culture and the black world where there are all kinds of singers of R&B and hip hop and rap. It wasn't so acceptable. So I get what you're saying because I don't like when the word gay is used in any way to describe yep. me. Either. The gay is I, just the bonus. <laughs> it's a bonus, right? <laughs> right. It's funny. I was going to tell you earlier when you told me your sister was gay. I'm like, what's your mother so upset about? She has two gay kids. She did everything right. What is she complaining hey, about? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she might not see it that way. So tell me what's next for you. Um, so over the next few months, I'm just going to be releasing a lot of music and a lot of different visuals. Now, can we go back is the one that had the like official music video and I probably yes. will do another um, official music video for a record that I'm releasing in June, but for these records in between I'm just releasing their songs and I'm doing like a bunch of different supporting type of videos collaborating with some clothing lines or collaborating with dancers or collaborating with like, you know, whatever I can to help bring the story visually of the song. Um, without it having to be like an official music video. Um, the next song that I'm releasing next month is pretty sexy and I'm excited. That's great. I can't wait to hear it. And at any point, are all these singles going to go into an album? 
Yes, I'm June, gonna be said. That's yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, well, no, that's gonna be June is the record that I'm like the big, the bigger pride record that I'm gonna release. Um, but the project should be coming like summer, end of summer. Well, I hope you keep me posted because uh, you know, I went from never knowing you to now being obsessed with that song and now the video. So you guys have to listen to it. It's it's called Can We Go Back? And go on YouTube and watch the video. It's actually beautiful, very tastefully done, and very sexy, I might add. Thank you. I it was it was important to me that I got to show the intimacy of an LGBTQ relationship um, that depicted like heartbreak and like all of those emotions in a very beautiful cinematic way. Because I feel like when everyone thinks of gay, it's always just like drugs and sex and partying. And I, I hate that. So I wanted, I wanted just a beautiful picture to be shown. And I feel like that's what we accomplished. And yes, you did accomplish that. And I agree with you. I know that there are a lot of um, people that stereotype gays as, you know, very either, you know, um, ancestral, everybody sleeps with their friends and, you know, oh, I want to introduce you to this guy. How does that work for you when people want to introduce you to somebody? Do you Well, actually, a few of my friends have told me that they've never introduced me to guys because they didn't feel like the guys were qualified to date someone like me, which I think is a compliment. I, I appreciate it. It's a big compliment. Yeah, of course it's a compliment. Um, yeah. Dating is a little bit hard because I feel like I, I am as dynamic as people perceive me in my career to be and finding someone to match that just really is difficult like before this interview started i had to kind of like curse this boy out he kind of like wasted my time for the past two three weeks and then and then like i barely heard from him on sunday which is my birthday and i'm like you got me fucked up why did it and then i started the zoom so i'm gonna give you a little advice i'm older than you Mm -hmm. i would not engage with people that you know are not going to be for you if somebody wasted time I know you want to get it off your chest and I know you want to pick up that phone because it's so easy and just send them a text back. You know, why do you waste my time? Why do you do this shit? The best way and the most power you're going to hold is by not responding and not engaging. Move on to the next. Because if I thought that by you engaging with them and sending that can clear up maybe something that was, you know, a misunderstanding, I'd say, okay, great. You'd be clearing up a misunderstanding, but it's not. I think it's just you know, it's just having that. I say, stop engaging with people. I say okay. date and then stop engaging with the ones that either ghost you or are not good for you. You're still young. And I think before you become the huge success that I think you're going to be with that voice and your whole, your whole persona, I think you should find a mate before that, because you never know what they're going to want you for after. After. Well, from your mouth to God's ears, if you have any cute friends. Trust me, I've already been thinking about it in my head <laughs> as we're talking. I'm already thinking about it, yeah. In the my um, way, please. So um, I look forward to the next single that's coming out. Can you tell me the name of it again? Um, it's called Bring It Back. You know, and there's a song, bring it back, bring it back to me. Wow. Yeah, no, it's a disco song. Oh. Anyway, sorry. Oh. <laughs> I love old music. Um, I, um, <laughs> so bring it back. I love it. I like the way you choose the names of your song as well. They're great. So I this looks very sexy and very like Valentine's Day booty. Okay, great. I'm excited. We're going to do this again. We're going to do this for sure. And yes, I want to hear about the new song and a new relationship. Thank you so okay. much for coming on. Thank Julian. you for having me. Seriously. No. You were amazing and you were very, you know, open. So thank you. Thanks. We'll talk soon. Yes. Bye guys.
You've been listening to Rich in Life with Rich Arani. If you liked what you've heard, click subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. Or visit us at richinlife.com. That's R-I-T-C-H in life.com.